listening to Work From Home, a Lower Street podcast where we help you stay connected, productive and sane whilst working remotely. I'm Alex. I'm Harry. Today, we're looking at an article on calmmoment.com by Sarah Orne about ways to practice self-care when working from home. One of the first points that stood out to me on this one was the idea of journaling. And I think this kind of, for me, at least in my head, it sits in a similar space as meditating, but journaling seems a bit more accessible to me, or it seems as though it's something I could definitely do on a daily basis. Yeah. And I think it is, I think you're right. Like it is, it's, it's not the same as meditation, but it is kind of a way for you to just be conscious of what's going on. And like, it's almost like making a conscious effort to sort of be present in a way and just kind of be aware of what's going on. Don't let the day happen to you. Be sort of, you know, actively involved in what you're doing each day. And I think that is in some way kind of mindful. It feels, it feels sort of connected to me. Yes. And I kind of do it a wee bit at the moment. I have like a written checklist that I use each day. And you, at the end of the day, I'll write down a couple of things that I want to not be bouncing around my head and would rather have on paper. And that can be something as simple as good day or bad day, something like that, but just anything to have it actually out there. And I think mindfulness is a good word, even if what you're being mindful to is your thoughts. Totally. I think, no, I think so. Like, cause so what you've just said is exactly what I do regularly. I don't journal I don't have the sort of discipline to kind of keep it up. I've tried it before, but I, it always lasts about a week and then I kind of fade out. So I know myself well enough to not keep trying, at least not now. But what I do do on a pretty regular basis, not on a, any kind of structured basis, is just when my brain feels too full of all the stuff that I'm trying to hold is I just have a brain dump and just kind of write everything down that I'm thinking about or worried about with work in a massive to-do list. Rarely actually revisit it and look at it again, but it's just the exercise of getting it out of your brain just as a huge stress reliever because you're like, okay, cool, I don't, I'm not responsible for holding all this stuff anymore. I can kind of just relax and know that it's it's on paper somewhere. Yeah, and it's almost like an affirmation, and it can be positive or negative. Mm. Like if I have a really productive day, then I'll write down at the end, you know, really productive day, got everything that I wanted to get done, good job. But if it's if it's you know stressful or if it's unproductive. It's a case of acknowledging that and then, like you said, moving on. It doesn't need to become a forum for sort of self-flagellation. It can just be acknowledging it and then going and having your dinner. Exactly. I think that's the point, isn't it? It's just, it's yeah, it's giving it somewhere for that information to live so that it doesn't have to, your brain isn't responsible for holding onto it. And that's just a nice relief of pressure, or at least that's what I find. But you've touched upon something else, which is kind of a big part of it, which is you've sort of mentioned whether it was a good day or a bad day or um, or whatever, it kind of leads into that kind of gratitude journaling thing. And that's something my, my wife does. I don't personally do it, but but yeah, she sort of made an effort to, to do that recently in particular when kind of stress levels have been a bit higher and we're all a bit anxious about the pandemic and, and everything and all these kind of changes to our lives. She sort of felt it's really helpful to kind of actually remind herself of what she's grateful for and, and um when I first heard of the practice of, of gratitude journaling, I thought it sounded a bit, you know, a bit woo-woo, a bit sort of silly, basically. But actually, she finds it incredibly useful. I think the the gratitude part of it is important, especially at the moment, because I think we are both lucky, for sure, to have gainful employment and a business to be interacting with and a work-life balance that is actually there to be balanced as opposed to 
all of one or all of the other. So I think there there's a lot to be happy about. You know, I get, I still have my weekends free and all that sort of stuff. It's it's this external force which is kind of agitating and making everyone a little bit more anxious and it's quite contagious. It is incredibly contagious because it's not just our own anxiety, but it's this real sense of a collective anxiety is just like raising, you know, so it's 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 really hard for that not to rub off on you in at least to some degree. Um and so I think, yeah, exactly as you're saying, staying grounded through whether that's literally just writing I did this thing today and putting that down on paper and sort of grounding yourself in the in the in sort of your actions um or kind of reminding yourself of the positive things that are going on I think they're both really kind of constructive ways to to frame things in your mind in a slightly healthier more and and more balanced way and I think when we talk about that kind of well-being that mental health that sort of um staying sane side of things like you've again touched on something that like i think a lot of people are getting really really carried away with work you know it seems like a lot of businesses are panicking you know this pan you know this this effect that this pandemic is having on the economy is gonna you know have huge effects on on the economy and on our business specifically and so people feel a lot of pressure from their employers or if they're a business owner that or they're a manager it's kind of they're feeling a lot of responsibility and pressure to to help their company survive basically and so that you know, can really result in some pretty unhealthy work habits and basically work becoming your entire thing. We're not socializing anymore. Well, you know, virtually we are, but we're not sort of in-person socializing. So a lot of that time that we would have to kind of switch off from work and really kind of relax is is removed. And so I think we have to stay really conscious of that and aware that, like you've mentioned, work-life balance is more important than ever, arguably, because the separation can be really kind of hard to navigate. And so I think... Journaling maybe is just one one thing we can use to sort of help create that separation and stay conscious of when we are working and not working. Continuing on the theme of being conscious, another interesting point in this article is this idea of being conscious of what you consume in terms of media. Yep. And I have definitely cut down on my news consumption because, again, it adds to that general sense of anxiety. And I think it's because of the like the dissonance, which is that externally there's all these catastrophic things happening, but actually in the moment you're just kind of sat there and you're fine. You know, it's a pandemic that you're not necessarily actively participating in. Right. And I think that's one of the things that fuels the the weird restlessness that comes with over analyzing all of the news. Absolutely. It can be quite overwhelming and this is something that I've heard a lot of people talking about and certainly it's something that I've done I've, I really am quite ignorant of the of the news at the moment because I'm just making such an effort to avoid looking at it I think it's really important to rather than let the news come to you it's important to to make a decision to go okay I'm ready I'm in the I'm in the the, the right frame of mind to now go and read some news I want to see what's going on and I'm purposely making the choice to go and find out what's going on and you're kind of rare you're sort of almost bracing yourself for the for the shit storm rather than kind of allowing basically spending a lot of time on social media and seeing all the kind of links and things that people are sharing and saying and, and doing all this stuff and really kind of being in re reactive mode and responding to this kind of news i think that can really kind of your anxiety and stress can really sort of spiral and so yeah that similar to what you're saying i've just really kind of switched off from news and really just make an effort to to go and look for it when i'm ready to do that the other point that we've sort of highlighted here out of the article and there's a ton of uh, of kind of points in this article which is is well worth reading and we'll obviously link to it in the show notes but 
the other one that we wanted to sort of pull out is is kind of a, the idea of avoiding multitasking. So how are you at kind of from what I, I know about your working practices, you're quite kind of structured in the way that you approach your tasks and, and all that kind of stuff. So, yes, I have to, my tendency, my default is towards multitasking because mm. it does feel good to be working on a couple of things at once because the feeling in the moment is, wow, I'm, I'm getting double the amount of work done when actually you're doing two things half as quickly as you normally would. And it's not, you know, it's not actually that productive. So I have to consciously avoid multitasking otherwise i will let little just little tasks that could be five or ten minutes i'll let them infiltrate larger projects and then something that could be done in one go in a couple of hours comes three or four hours long there was a there's a video i watched i can't remember the name of the guy that he was talking about how even 30 seconds of distraction can cost you tens of minutes or hours because you're not just going back to the task you're going back to the task and having to immerse yourself to the level of concentration that you were at before it was broken yep it's got a it's got a name people refer to it as context switching and so if you're yeah if you're sort of focused on a single task um that you're working on which is sometimes referred to as deep work which is an idea sort of um put out by cal newport in his book um about deep work and, and basically the the amount of yeah, the power of sort of really focusing basically on a single task at a time. Uh, I'm probably doing a terrible job of summarizing the the content, so um, you should uh, go and check out the book. But anyway, when you take yourself out of that task, even as you say, even for a sh- tiny short period of time, the the amount of cognitive sort of energy it takes to switch to this new task, frame the task, uh, you know, get yourself in the mindset of like, okay, this is what I'm working on, do something, and then return to the task you were doing before. You've lost a huge amount of, yeah, that sort of, cognitive strain it takes to, to really kind of get into the mode of that specific thing that you're working on so context switching is 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 really sort of um dangerous sounds a bit over dramatic but it's it can it basically is just a huge sort of hit to productivity and this is something that i am so so guilty of coming back to the point that we've just sort of talked about with turn, being conscious of the the media that you're consuming and so i'm sort of preaching this idea of <laughs> you know going and finding this information when you're ready to do it and uh, and not sort of being reactive i'm good at it when it comes to the news i am terrible at it when it comes to work i just respond to you know when an email comes in or when a slack message comes in i immediately jump on that thing and deal with it in the moment and i tell myself you know the sort of narrative is well, I'm, I'm just going to deal with it now and then it's out of the way and I don't have to worry about it anymore. But the reality is your context switching, you could easily leave that five minute task till the end of the day and just come back to it and and do that. And the, the other reality is, you know, that actually a lot of these tasks, if, if you took 48 hours to do them, the world wouldn't collapse. Um, but in my mind, it's like, well, I need to get this thing done right now that this is really important. This is an urgent issue. And, and rarely is that the case in practice. Um, yeah. And so I've, I've found that days are lost you know i've lost so more often than i feel comfortable admitting the the day gets to sort of one o'clock and it's lunchtime i'm thinking oh my god that thing i had in my calendar that i was going to really focus on you know like a big marketing project or whatever it was and i was like okay i want some focused energy on this one specific task Uh, i get to one o'clock and i've spent maybe 10 minutes on it and the rest of the time has been darting between talking to the team on slack you know dealing with clients sending a proposal you know whatever so yeah i'm sort of coaching myself as i do this to say okay i really need to sort of spend some time you know four hours a four hour block of really focusing on one thing you can get a tremendous amount done Right. So that's it for today's episode. 
what are you like with multitasking? How good are you at separating your your work from your life? Uh, how good are you at ignoring the news and, and not getting absorbed into anxiety and, and stress spirals? We'd uh, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe there's stuff that we should have mentioned here that we didn't. Um, let us know. It's wfh at lowerstreet.co is the email. Um, more information at wfhpodcast.com. And we'd appreciate it, as always, a huge amount if you could share this uh, episode, if you found it helpful, with someone else that you think would enjoy it as well. It really helps massively to, to help us reach more people that are, are trying to adjust to this new, new life of working from home. Thanks very much for listening. Yeah.